relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. It's week two of June and our June theme of get your mind right for retirement. Retirement is coming, whether we prepare for it or not. So doesn't it make sense to prepare on today's show inside the retirement pregame locker room? Getting your mind right to prepare for your days after work. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome into another edition for the second Saturday in June of the Get Ready for the Future show. All across the state of Arkansas, we are glad to have you with us today. My name is Scott Inman. To my left is Troy Johnson out of our Bryant office. John Shrewsbury to my right, co-founder of Genwell Financial Advisors, and Tim Key from the Bryant office to his right. Janet's still uh, vacationing during this month, having some great times with her kids. She'll be back very soon on an upcoming broadcast. But we're glad to have you with us uh, as you may be getting ready for a vacation or driving to Home Depot or whatever it is you're doing on this Saturday. We're glad to have you with us as long as you can uh, stay. And, and I think it's a good time to just right off the top of the bat say what we're talking about today. And it's Really kind of a pep talk. I would say we're really going to give you a pep talk today. We're, we're going inside so. the pregame locker room, John. Yeah, and uh, I've got my motivation hat on, so uh, <laughs> Troy and Tim are, are quaking with fear about that. Because no, I'm ready just... for it. Bring it on. <laughs> uh, but you're mm-hmm. right, Scott. Uh, when we talk about getting your mind right about retirement, it is really about the middle game of retirement. And one of the things that, that really has driven the, the foundation of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, and as you might think about it, the name of this show, the name of our website, is Get Ready for the Future. Mm-hmm. It is an imperative. It is, a, it is a, uh, you know, uh, an encouragement that we have to people because, as you said in the intro of the show, Retirement is coming. Mm-hmm. The future is coming. You either prepare for it or it just happens to you. And we would like for our folks to be prepared for it. And so there is the, the obviously the, the hard cash money aspect of it, mm-hmm. but there's also the mental game that you've got to get your mind right, as yeah. we say. And so I think that, that as we launch into the show to get today, when you think about the pregame, when you mm-hmm. think about the time that you are leading up to retirement, you've got to make some right moves. Yeah. You've got to make some some moves that are really from a financial standpoint and also from a mental standpoint to deal with the things that retirement is going to rot. Well, that's where I was going to dive off. It's really such a mental game. Everything in life can really come back to the mental components of it. And we use sports analogies a lot, but when you talk about that pregame locker room and you think about the Razorbacks before they play a football game, the NBA Finals going on right now, you know, you, you, you see those hype videos, Troy, inside the locker room of, of their coach with those pregame speeches. And, you know, they've, they've been disciplined. They've, uh, they've practiced. They've had repetitive practices. Their, their muscle memory is great. They're playing at an optimum physical Stand, from an optical, physical standpoint, but there's that last moment right before you go in. Yeah, right before the game. If the game is retirement, right before you go in, there's some things that the coach really thinks they need to get inside their head and get them mentally prepared. Yeah, and it's, it's important to meet with your coach before the game, just like any good sports yeah. team would do. Yeah. Meet with your coach, kind of go over, make sure everything's in line. Uh, put the final touches on everything. Then you're ready to go out there and make it happen. Is that what you do in appointments? Do you really get you know fire get them fired? Oh yeah, up? we do yeah. jumping jacks, do some jumping jacks, some calisthenics. <laughs> wow, hey, it could be. You know, I wonder why your appointments are so loud sometimes. You know, I have to come in there and calm you down. But you know, Tim, it's it's a great analogy to get your mind right, especially. And we're going to talk a lot different stages of what that pregame could be. I think we're going to talk in a minute about. Uh, retiring early, but wherever that retirement mark is for you, that pregame, when you walk up to it, it's it's very important to get your mind right. Absolutely. We can do be, be doing a lot of good training, doing a lot of good things, but sometimes talking with an expert, talking to your coach and getting that little piece of advice that's going to make you better mm-hmm. is something that we really all need in all aspects of our life. 
Scott, I want to be sure that that this just doesn't sound like a lot of hype because you know I think that that that's kind of how the you know coaches sometimes are are portrayed. You know when when Houston Nutt was coach of the Razorbacks, he was always known for Mister Hype. He was yeah. always you know rah rah and all that type of thing. Well, we now have another rah rah coach. You know we we've got a, 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 a Chad Morris is 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 a great uh, from everything I can tell, he's a great mind, but he's also a great motivator. Mm-hmm. And the the two things have to come together. Because if you're too cool for school and you walk out there and you think, I just, I got this, then you're likely to get blown away. Uh, and I think that's the same thing in, in retirement, that if you think, ah, well, you know, this is not any big deal, you've really got to be sure that you're executing some things properly. And you mentioned retiring early. Mm-hmm. There is a whole different mindset about things when you want to retire early, meaning prior to age, let's say 60, because you're st- beginning to stretch the bounds of, of the ability of your retirement accounts to really last as long as you will if you start pulling from them, let's say at 50 or 55. I mean, the, the longevity risk just really begins to, to accelerate when, when you look at that. And so there are some things there that you've got to think about if you're thinking about retiring early. But even if you're thinking about retiring and, and being doing the, maybe the work retirement thing and transitioning slowly into retirement – that's another mindset that you've got to have, and you've got to be preparing for that as time goes on. And you you just can't wake up one day and go, oh, well, I'm old. I think I'll retire. You know, you've got to have the, the mental preparation to get there, and that's a big part of what we're going to discuss on the show today. Well, you think about the difference in the term strategic and tactical, too, because what you're talking about is, is if you're far out and this is the plan and I want to retire at 60 or I want to retire at 65, I just had a gentleman come into the office in Little Rock early this week, in fact, and he is now going to be forced, pretty much, to retire at 62 when he had intended to work until 65 because of health concerns. He's got some severe back problems. He's not going to be able to work till 62. So when you talk about there's the plan that this is what I want to happen, and then there is the part of the plan that should be in place for what might happen. Well, the, the later in the show, we're going to talk about to expect the unexpected, and that is the unexpected. He had expected to retire later in life, at 65, 66, maybe somewhere in that neighborhood. But Tim, as we know, about half of the retirements happen on, on somebody else's schedule other than yours. Yeah, we always have our great plan that we want to go through, but um, something's going to happen. In this case, with Scott's client, it was a health issue. Um, lots of times your employer may actually ask you to go with a severance package or something like that. And it's going to, your life happens and it's going to disrupt our perfect plan that we have in place. But see, here's the big the big takeaway from that story is, is that he'd already been a GenWealth client. He'd already come in and gotten that written plan and the three ring binders. So yes, it was an adjustment. Yes, we had to really do some things differently than what he had planned to do. But think about where he would be, John, if he hadn't even had the groundwork laid for a plan. And that's not necessarily any uh, magic that we have done or anything of that nature. It's simply his motivation uh, uh, for being prepared. And, and we were able to help him get down that road in a big way. And so when you think about these things, preparation is the key. Troy, I know you played sports in in, in uh, high school, and you all always had to be on your mental game right yeah and that's you know i played baseball in high school it's that's more of a mental game than it is a physical game obviously you don't have to be real strong to play it but you got to have your mind right so it's the same thing whenever we're looking at going into retirement you just got to make sure that you've got everything laid out and you've got a good plan that's set up for you and Scott, I think the other thing is, uh, and this is a little bit of a sensitive issue to Razorback fans, but uh, you got to you got to play the whole game. You got to play to the end. You got you got to well, play. What to do the you end. mean, John? Well, you, uh, you know, I suffered through that just like everybody else did last year, and and so uh, you you do have to finish, and, and finishing means that you've got the 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 wherewithal to get to the finish line, and that you've prepared for some things late in life, and we'll we'll talk about that on the show a little bit later on in the broadcast yeah so that's just kind of getting the uh, table set for today's get ready for the future show we'll get into some specifics and one of those specifics we're going to talk about is getting your portfolio position for retirement or whatever stage of life you're in we are as always uh, once a month joined on the show by lpl research senior market strategist 
Ryan Dietrich, and he's got some great things to say about what LPL Research is seeing about the rest of 2018 on the other side of this break. So stay tuned for that. You won't want to miss that. And then we'll also be talking more about these things, getting your mind right the inside the pregame locker room of retirement. You're listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. More where that came from after the break. Life can be so busy, it's hard to even picture retirement. That's why you need somebody you can trust who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality. Plan, personalize, and protect your future with the team at GenWealth. Call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. We're talking jobs, jobs, jobs in today's fastest four minutes in investing. And, and John, when you talk about this, let's we're gonna we're gonna attack it or attack it from two different standpoints. There's the job growth, uh, yes. and, and then there's the unemployment rate, and they work hand in hand. But one's sure. a little more meaningful than the other. Well, first of all, let's let's understand that that job growth is something that everybody seems to want. But we've got to be careful in an economy like uh, the one that we have now that job growth does not spur inflation. Hmm. Inflation is something that we watch very closely because of its debilitating effect on the economy and what have you. And so, when you have wage inflation, when you have job growth and people making more money and things like that, there's more money to spend in the economy, but there's also more pressure on employers and things of that nature. So this is a very delicate balancing act. Of course, the job report came out uh, last week, Scott, and we were near record low unemployment in this Mm -hmm. country. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when you think about that, that's great news. And then when you start to look at the chart about job growth, we're actually seeing some acceleration in job growth since the first time in the first time since 2015. And so those two things are actually very good in the short term, but we have to watch. It's kind of like that pot that's boiling on the stove. It can't get boiling too much and boil over. If it boils over, it puts your fire out. And so that's kind of the situation that we're faced now with the economy and the jobs growth. So that unemployment rate dropped from 3.9% to 3.8% in May. That's the jobs data that we're taking here from May of 2018. Right. And when you talk about the action-reaction part of this, the, the the, the wage growth, you know, that's been a that's been a problem for that's a long term problem we've had. We haven't had a lot of wage growth for decades, so yes. it's a good thing that workers are making more money. But to kind of hone in on what you said earlier, you said it already, but the wage growth puts more money in play, which can put pressure on inflation. And here's what we mean by the fact that wages have not grown. When you take a look at an inflation-adjusted wage scale, people are making about the same money that they were making 20 years ago. And so it hasn't, pardon me, really improved their economic situation because the raises that they've gotten have basically gotten gobbled up by inflation. Mm -hmm. And we haven't had a lot of inflation, so we haven't had a lot of wage growth. And now we're seeing wage growth begin to step in. And it's certainly something that that we do want and desire. We believe that that wage growth uh, is something that is uh, very desirous amongst the population and what have you. But again, you've got to have that balancing act there. And while wage pressure remains modest, there are continued signs that it might be building. And there's several things that our research team at LPL Financial is looking at to try to be sure that that you know they are on top of this so we know what to do from a financial standpoint to react as the economy goes into this late stage so the bottom line from the data if you run it through the lpl research filter is that there are some signs there that we are still in that late economic cycle but there are still good signs that there's projected growth still to come yeah nothing really in this jobs report uh, shies us away from the uh, gdp projection that we've had and that's somewhere in the 2.75 to 3 percent of economic growth and at the end of the day scott that is exactly what we want is we want somewhere between three and four percent economic growth that is a very 
very healthy economy, one we haven't seen probably in the last six or seven years, and one that could extend this uh, bull market a little bit further. And that's obviously the one thing that we're always watching for is when that bull market might end. And this is no indication that the end is anywhere in sight. Yeah, I find it interesting that low unemployment rate does not necessarily provide a meaningful signal either way of recession risk. So that's a look at the fastest four minutes in investing on the radio side. The Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. Stick around. More straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money right after this. This ain't your mama's financial advice. Turn it up because we're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome back in to the Get Ready for the Future show, and it is time once again for our monthly visit with senior market strategist at LPL Research, Ryan Dietrich. He is with us on the line right now. How are you this morning, Ryan? I'm doing fine, guys. Thank you very much, and looking forward to talking markets once again. Yeah, we are too, and we once again thank you for uh, taking that time out of your very busy schedule. We see you uh, everywhere, popping up all over the place on TV and, and and interviews, and we thank you for this time that we have here uh, with you now. Let's start with the, uh, I guess the, the big news this week or the the best news. Where I saw a tweet, uh, you showing us all of the new all time highs earlier this week that were hit. So let's talk about as we get into summer. Uh, can this can this summer rally continue? We sure think it can. As we talked last month, they're selling May go away, the worst six months of the year. And historically, that is true. There can be some trouble sometimes over the summer months. But under the surface, what's really important is something we've been talking about. Like you said, the tweet I just shared, think about this. Russell 2000 is small caps, made a new all-time high. Mid caps are close. Micro caps made a new all-time all-time high, and the NASDAQ made a new all-time high. Those are just some of the big ones. You know, the S&P is about 4% away from an all-time high. We think with this leadership under the surface, also technology, technology group made a new all-time high. So with this leadership under the surface, we think it's potentially just a matter of time until the overall big blue chip, specifically the S&P 500, kind of plays along and also uh, makes a new all-time high. Only 4% away, so you know, could it happen over the summer? Maybe, but definitely so in the next three to four months, maybe five months. We think a new high in the S&P uh, is very, very likely when you look under the surface at the participation that we're seeing in markets here. Ryan, when you look at the United States, obviously there's great momentum, but what about Europe? Europe has been, you know, in this slog for a long period of time. Uh, what are you seeing as far as the European countries are concerned? John, that's a great question. We actually wrote about this week in our weekly market commentary. And you know, Europe's a, a part of the investments that we really haven't liked for a while, and we still are in that camp. And as you just said, you know, look at what happened just over the past week or so. The concerns over Italy and their election, if Italy, you know, quitily is what it's called, if Italy would quit the, uh, the European Union. Bottom line, it doesn't look like they're going to, but still the overall growth picture. The United States had 26% year-over-year growth in the first quarter in the S&P 500. Europe had 3 or 4% growth. You look at valuations, Europe's a little stretched. And just from that purely technical point of view on a relative strength basis, Europe has lagged the United States for years. We really still think that there could be some underperformance with some of those underlying issues. We didn't even talk about Brexit yet. You know, Brexit is far from over. So there's still some problems in Europe. And it's still a group that we or an area we would probably still avoid. We still like the United States. And we still think emerging markets are two better places for global investors to find potential alpha and outperformance. Well, you also had a tweet that I really liked earlier uh, this week, and, and and the end of it was the best part, is a take, take it as you will and make of it what you will. But President Trump just recently completed his first 500 days in office, and you had an interesting comparison uh, to other presidents in their first 500 days with regard to how the markets did in in that first 500-day tenure. That's right. So I think it was on Monday was President Trump's 500-day in office. Now, it's calendar days, of course, but right. we took a look at how all presidents going clear back to 1900 have done. There have been 20 of them, according to the data that I did. And those first 500 days, the Dow Jones Industrial Average made 82 new highs under President Trump. That is the most new highs any president has ever seen in their first 500 days. Now, what's important to 
note, though, in terms of a total return basis, Dow is up about 25%. Obviously very impressive, but that ranks sixth out of the 20 presidents. So still nothing to sneeze at. And all in all, you know, markets have clearly had a positive, um, you know, move under President Trump. And clearly we can get into why. But, you know, we continue to think the fiscal uh, policies have been put in play over the past you know, year or so with tax reform, deregulation. Those are the two big ones. And repatriation of cash coming from overseas back to the United States are three really big backstops of fiscal policy that we're using. That is why, you know, markets continue to look strong and the economy continues to look strong, in our opinion, as well. So you mentioned the economy continuing to look strong. One of the questions that we get all the time is, how is the economy really doing? As if we're really not telling people exactly the full story of what's going on in the economy. And there's always this sentiment that there's another shoe to drop at some point in time. What say you? Well, that's right. I mean, you talk about another shoe to drop. I mean, just before we started this conversation, I saw on CNBC one of the well-known bears. I'm not going to call him out. But for years, he's been saying all these big concerns. And now he's calling for another 50% drop in the S&P 500. So there's always these worries, but under the surface, look what's happened. Again, we're looking at 20% earnings growth in the S&P 500 this year. There's never been a recession when you have 50% earnings growth. Let's just keep that simple. But just this week, we had manufacturing data that came out, services data that came out, very high near cycle highs, consumer confidence, CEO confidence. All these things are still near cycle highs. In our opinion, we just know that, yes, there are always some concerns. One concern clearly is inflation. Inflation's low, but with the labor market this tight, inflation could finally start to perk up. But again, there are more positives and negatives when everything we look at. And we've talked about this before, guys. Bull markets don't die of old age. They die of excesses. And we just simply do not see the excesses or the overs that we've seen at previous major economic peaks. This economic cycle is nine years old, second longest ever. We think there can potentially be a couple more years of this economic cycle, which should lead, hopefully, with um, equity gains as well. It is always good to focus on the fundamentals. That's a that's a great pep talk there. I, I, I like that. And when you think about what are the hiccups that could be out there, a lot of what gets brought up is this ongoing trade war talk. And and we've said before when we've interviewed you, you've, I think you've even said it, it's really more of a trade skirmish than a trade war at this point. But what's the latest on that? And how do you feel like it could impact the markets and the economy? Absolutely. Near term, clearly, the daily news that comes out, it can cause some volatility under the surface. You know, just yesterday, uh, you know, Mexico all of a sudden slapped some tariffs on us. So, you know, last time we spoke, we didn't have that. So now it's still a trade skirmish. It's not a trade war. But clearly, you know, we aren't right. I guess we'll say we're not kind of resolving things as quickly as we might have hoped. At the same time, when we took a look at things, there's about $80 billion of negative from some of the proposed tariffs that are out there right now. $800 billion in terms of fiscal stimulus that are positive. So $800 billion on one side, $80 billion on the other for negatives. Still a lot more positive and negatives. And, you know, think about this. Some people don't realize this. It's a neat stat. There are 100,000 tariffs worldwide. We're talking about a couple. And again, they can rock the boat. I'm not ignoring that. But there are a lot of tariffs and tariffs are kind of a normal part of markets as kind of governments and countries kind of fight over some things. But hopefully our leadership worldwide is smart enough to not let this become a major problem and concern. And we still think that's the case. Economy still looks good. It should provide for still higher upside in the economy and stocks the rest of this year. Ryan, as you know, in our business, we have to focus on the here and now and what's happening in the short term. But we also have to be very long term minded as we deal with our our uh, ready to retire clients. And when you think about uh, a client that is getting ready to retire, head into the next, say, 20 or 30 years of their life. There probably are some better times that people could have been thinking about retiring into, given the fact that we are late in the business cycle with this market. And at some point in time, maybe a couple of years down the road, this is going to to change. And we're facing rising interest rates. I think investment news calls it the, the perfect storm. So what what happens, first of all, at LPL Research as you look ahead in building portfolios and recommending investments? What 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 kind of effect does that have on you guys? And then from your vantage point, what do you think an investor needs to be thinking about? Sure. Well, obviously, an investor needs to think about, like you said, higher rates. We had 35 years of lower rates. Then right around Brexit is kind of when things change and rates have kind of been trickling higher when you look under the surface. You know, the 10-year yield coming into this year, we thought would maybe peak around 3.25%. That's close to where it was. But you look under the surface at copper, 
Copper has been strong. Just yesterday, copper had another big rally. Copper is one of those indicators as it goes higher of stronger economic growth, but also potentially higher interest rates. So that's really a key thing. And what do higher interest rates mean to people that are investing? Well, the rates go up. Usually your bond prices go down to keep this very simple. So the way we're positioning our portfolios is we are definitely lowering some of our overall bond exposure. But if someone still wants the comfort of bonds, if you own a long-term bond, those can get hurt more by higher interest rates. So we are shortening, the talk a little lingo, shortening duration, buying some shorter term bonds here in a lot of our models and portfolios. And that's one way to be a little more protected should interest rates continue to go higher. You know, the 10-year yield, who knows, it could go up to 4 or 5%, which if you go back since the Civil War, is actually perfectly normal. We've just been spoiled by this low yield. But clearly, we saw the first quarter this year when rates went up, Bonds really had a rough first quarter overall. So, you know, again, lower your duration a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with cash, right? If you think stocks might not be the best place to invest longer term, if you're looking closer to retirement, a little more cash, maybe lighten up your bonds, lower duration, and lighten up a little equity exposure as well is a perfectly way to, good way to go. Ryan, as we wind down our conversation, we have a couple of minutes left. I do want to talk a little bit about what you guys are working on, a little behind-the-scenes look here with the LPL research team. I know the mid-year outlook will be out soon, probably in another month or so. Uh, we'll obviously do a workshop presentation in late July uh, for our clients and for our prospective clients here uh, as well. But tell us a little bit about what you're working on. What are some of the, the neat things going on behind the scenes? Sure. The mid-year outlook is what we're working on now. Should come out in early July. Now, at the start of this year, our out 2018 outlook, we called the return of the business cycle. Really, we're building on a lot of those themes. We continue to think using fiscal policy relative to monetary policy, the Fed now open on fiscal policy. This is just going to extend this business cycle. There's a lot more positives and negatives out there. Overall, we're still looking for double-digit stock returns. So for the year, the S&P as of right now, guys, I think it's maybe a 3% or so total return. We think we can get to double-digit. You look at this under, look at what's going on with small caps. We still think small caps are a play. We came to this year liking small caps because of tax reform and dollar, which can help small caps. So we still like small caps. We still like equities in general relative to bonds. And we like emerging markets. Emerging markets have had to take, take it on in the last month or so. We think it's a buying opportunity, still strong growth, strong demographics, and nice valuations on emerging markets. Value over growth is where we've been, I guess you say, wrong this year. We'd like to value relative to growth. We're sticking with it, though. We still think, historically speaking, when the economy is strong, like this year, should see a 3% GDP print likely. Value usually does better than growth, and higher interest rates normally help value. So we also like value, but this year it's been tough so far. We think second half, it can really pick it up, though. All right, Ryan, we have just a few seconds left, uh, about 40 seconds left. So I want, before we let you go, I always want to give you the opportunity to talk about your, your Twitter. We've referenced it uh, here uh, in this segment, but we get a lot of good insight from you on that and, and links to other great educational resources when it comes to investing in the markets. How can people follow you on Twitter? Well, thank you for that. Yeah, the easiest way is at Ryan Dietrich, R-Y-A-N-D-E-T-R-I-C-K, all one word. Also at LPL Research. We have an LPL research handle. I'm obviously out there, and some of our other analysts and strategists are, are, are out there as well, which we you can be you can find it on the LPL research Twitter handle as well. So thank you for letting me do that. Appreciate it. Yeah, you that. bet. Well, thank you for your time once again, and we will talk to you in about a month. Look forward to it. Thank you guys. Have a financial question? Want answers? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, your location, and your question. And we'll answer your question on the air. From the studios of the Gen Wealth Radio Network, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Hey, our thanks to Ryan Dietrich for joining us again. It's so kind to do that. Uh, this that guy is busy. He is all over uh, the United States. If you if you uh, maybe well maybe he sits actually where he is in his office, but you see him all over the yes. United States wherever you are on TV many times, and he does travel a lot. But for him to take the time uh, once every month. Uh, to lend his expertise and what LPL research is up to. Very valuable for our listeners here in Arkansas. Absolutely. And and Ryan is uh, one of many uh, of what I call the brain trust of LPL. They are the uh, guys that do all the research on investments. They do all the research on the economy, the markets, and things of that nature, uh, led by uh, John Lynch, who is a legend in and of itself in the investment business. And then, uh, of course, sitting at the top of the of the heap there is, is Burt White, who I've said on this show before, if he's in a room, he's probably the smartest guy. 
And, and so they, they do a great job for us at LPL, and we appreciate Ryan joining us. Yeah, good stuff on uh, getting your portfolio ready for retirement from Ryan. If you missed that interview, if you just got back in your car and, and missed that segment, look for it on iTunes or Stitcher. You can check out our podcast. That will be up uh, very soon on uh, our podcast there. You can check out any of his interview from this show or any past interviews or any past Get Ready for the Future shows you'd like to as well on your schedule. I want to remind you, too, about our next Gen Wealth Academy workshop coming up very soon. June 19th is the date at 6.30 at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock. We're doing Roadmap to Retirement, a great presentation we've done many times before. But if you haven't checked it out or if you came and, and it's been a while, Come on back. Dinner provided at around 6 or so. It'll be ready, and 6.30 is the presentation. It only takes about an hour of your time. The Roadmap to Retirement is really stationed to talk about mile markers on your way to retirement. And those mile markers are basically crafted around the decade that you are living in, whether you're in their 30s or 40s or 50s, 60s, even on up to 70. What does retirement look like? What do you need to be doing to make sure you're measuring against that mile marker and being prepared for retirement. And we're talking today about the pregame locker room. If you're right there about to get into the uh, the game of retirement and you're thinking about what do I need to be doing, we talked about preparing your portfolio for retirement with Ryan, but we're going to talk now about preparing basically your income, John. When And that's everything we do at, at, at Gen Wealth is about preparing an income plan. And those are unique to each Gen Wealth client. But there's even more things to consider if you're thinking about retiring early. How are you going to develop an income stream? First of all, what does that income need to be? Can it possibly be anywhere near what you were making in your work years? And then how do you provide it? How do you use your assets to generate an income stream? And when you're talking about retiring before 59 and a half, when you're qualified money, that's the money that you've been putting into 401ks or maybe traditional IRAs all of your life. And that's where most most people we see, their wealth is in their employer-sponsored plans. There are penalties for pulling that out pre-59 and a half. Now, there are some things we can talk about how you can actually uh, get that at 55 if you've retired, and we'll get into that. But let's talk about this non-qualified pile of money because we don't see, I mean, I guess occasionally, and you probably maybe see it more than I do, John, but I don't see that being a sizable uh, part of a person's overall assets. Yeah, so let's let's first of all think about this and, and, and get a picture in our mind of what we're talking about. If you think about your retirement assets as a rubber band and you have a timeline of, let's say, from 60 to the end of your life, for the most part, that rubber band is going to be stretched pretty tight uh, from age 60 to the end of your life in terms of your actual retirement assets, meaning 401k plans, IRAs, things of that nature. That period of time is is where those dollars are going to likely be used. And, and if you get too far past that age 60 mark, then you begin to really uh, stretch the bounds of what that rubber band can do. And, and you're really in a danger zone of breaking that rubber band, meaning that your money will will run out before your time runs out, Tim. And and that's really the, the one thing that I think most people fear about retirement is running out of money before they run out of time. Well, you're really lo- losing your integrity at that point yep. if you do run out of money. So it is the biggest fear that um, we our clients have. I mean, we always plan out to at least, at least age 90, if not further, and usually have a backstop at that point. But the risk of running out of money is by far the number one fear that all of our clients come in here with. So if you think about that, if you think, okay, taking that money at 60, Troy, is probably about the limit of what I need to do. Then if you're thinking about retiring before 60, then you've got to have what I would call a bridge from whatever age, let's say 50 over to 60, when you can tap into those retirement accounts. Right. And that's where we would look at what are called non-qualified assets. So that just means they didn't qualify for any tax advantage when you put the money in. So we're not talking about your 401k or IRAs. We're just talking about separate investment accounts or savings accounts at the bank, those types of assets that you can utilize between when you want to retire 
and when you get to a more traditional retirement age of, say, around 60, like you're talking about, John. And so, Scott, I think that the the key here is that you've got to be maxing out what you are able to do in your retirement plan so you can have that that glide path into retirement and, and be able to, to p- uh, pick up on using those dollars uh, during that period of time, say, from 60 until uh, the end of your life. But for that period of time before 60, I'm going to borrow a phrase from, from Dave Ramsey. Uh, he talks about getting out of debt. You have to live like no one else today so you can later live like no one else. If you're going to retire early, mm-hmm. you have to do the same thing. Yeah. You have to think about, I'm not going to go buy the the little mini mansion you know, yeah. or, or something like that. And I'm not going to drive the, the fancy sports car or whatever. I'm going to get an A to B car and I'm going to get an adequate house. And then it becomes a challenge of just redirecting that cash flow and making some mental decisions, talking about getting your mind right, making some mental decisions about what your priorities are. You got to keep stop your keeping up with the Joneses attitude. There's no question about that. And when you think about uh, who might be wanting to retire early, the people we see come in there, you probably have some high income earners who have some disposable income that they can start to build those non-qualified assets. You probably have a lot of people who are working lots of hours and they know that it's going to wear on their health if they work very far into their 60s. You also, I think, John, have probably people who are empty nesters who are coming in and now they, they've raised their kids. It's time to focus on them. Hopefully they've been saving along the way. They've been investing along the way. But now that the kids are gone, maybe they're out of college. And Tim, we're probably going to be that way before too long. You're going to start thinking, okay, now we have extra income because let's let's face it, teenagers eat a lot of food. And the expenses are at a point where you make a critical decision of, am I going to build retirement assets or am I going to continue to, as John said, buy those bigger houses or buy those fancy cars like everybody else is doing? Yeah, I think we get to a point in our lives, our careers. I mean, we always have, you know, when you turn 40, you always have that um, time when you start reminiscing about what you've done and what you want to do and you start making some different changes. And some of those changes can mean going out and buying that bigger house or buying a different car that maybe you can't afford and some things like that. And that's really the time that we really need to settle down and start planning for when we do want to retire and how are we going to get to that point? Because if we do want to retire early, we have to build up those non-qualified assets. Scott, there is one phrase I want to warn everybody about in this, and this is the big derailment phrase. If you think about your train going down the track, what could derail it if you're thinking about early retirement or what have you? And that is, well, I've worked hard and I deserve that. Yeah, you know, right. when you think about that, you mm-hmm. think that's that's kind of where your mind goes when you think about buying that bigger house, or you think about driving that that fancy car, or uh, you know, installing that pool, or you know, the kids they, they I can watch the kids; they'll be at home, they'll have their friends over, and, uh, and and you rationalize all that. And there's nothing wrong with those decisions. Let me just say that point blank. I'm not criticizing anybody that makes those types of decisions because hey, it's your money. But if the you have to prioritize, and you have to say what is the number one priority and if the number one priority for you is to retire at an early age then you simply have to make those arrangements and redirect those dollars in that direction to be able to accomplish that goal and we're not saying you can't spend money but if you don't know i think troy this is where a financial advisor can really be valuable when you start sitting down with what we like to say is being someone's personal cfo you can start to look at those assets you can start to build an income plan and then we can tell someone whether they can retire early, what early retirement is going to look like. Yeah. Um, so sitting down with an advisor is a great place to start. Also, when you're looking at, well, how can I redirect those assets? Like John was saying a second ago, a good place to start is to, if you're not doing a monthly budget right now, mm-hmm. sit down and figure out where all your money's going every month. Because you may find that you're spending an excess over here and you can really do without that. And that could be one way that you start to build some of those non-qualified assets. I can tell you as an empty nester, uh, I just moved my daughter into her own apartment uh, here in Bryant uh, just the other day. 
and as an empty nester, I can tell you that that uh, that Kenny Chesney song, Going Coastal, uh, where they he talks about call the kids and see you next summer and and that type of thing, that begins to kind of play in your head when you think about, hey, we really don't have anybody other than Tucker, our dog, to to be at home for. <laughs> and so you know, you think about, okay, well, I could you know take off and and go spend a couple of weeks in in uh, I don't know in the Keys or something like that. Those are all things that that you know you have an opportunity to do if you have made the preparations ahead of time so all i would say about this scott is that if those types of things are important to you then you have to have a different mindset about how you're spending your money today and what you're going to how you're going to redirect those dollars because in a in in the very essence of financial planning it is really playing traffic cop on where the dollars go so are you thinking about retiring early? Have you, have, you, have you given that much thought? Has it just been kind of a dream that you think about? Or are you serious about it? And when do you want to retire? But does it overwhelm you to think about how you're going to do it? Do you have a written plan on paper on purpose of how you're going to get there? A Genwell Financial Advisor would be glad to sit down and have those discussions with you. And that first appointment is complimentary. doesn't cost you anything to have a couple-hour conversation or a little longer if you need it to be. A Gen Wealth Advisor is near you if you are hearing my voice at this time. We have office locations in Little Rock, Bryant, in Hot Springs, and El Dorado. So give us a call, 501-653-7355. Again, the number is 501-653-7355. Now, it is a Saturday, so obviously you want to wait till Monday to get someone. You can leave a voicemail if you want to pick that phone up and call right now. That's our main number in Bryant, but it will get you in touch with Anna Olive, who is our client introductory specialist. She'll give you a call and make a match for you with an advisor to sit down and talk about that. If you want to retire early, how are you going to do it? If it's too overwhelming to think about it, maybe you need an advisor's help. We're going to take a break and continue with our pregame locker room retirement speech. Well, we don't want to call it a speech. It's a motivational talk after this on the show. Stay in touch with the Get Ready for the Future show during the week. Search Facebook for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors or follow us on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. More straight talk about money after this break. More straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money coming at you. We're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. I want to give you a chance to remember to go to our social media pages. You can check us out and follow us on Facebook at GenWealth Financial Advisors or at GenWealth FA on Twitter. And go to our website anytime to get more information about us or to find some great educational resources about your finances and your retirement. Our website is GetReadyForTheFuture.com. You can also find information on our upcoming GenWealth Academy workshops there. We told you earlier in the show about the next one. It's June 19th. At 6.30, the Crown Plaza in Little Rock, we're talking about the roadmap to retirement. This is good for people of all ages. You know, I think we've had some people come in uh, recently that said, hey, you guys talk about retirement a lot. Do you, do you work with younger clients? Well, absolutely we do. And this is a great opportunity if you're in your 30s or 40s and you're just really starting out. Maybe you have nothing saved for retirement. These are some good opportunities for you to get some uh, education to get you going down the roadmap to retirement. And then for our investor-savvy folks we definitely want to tell you about our mid-year outlook. That's coming up July 26th at 6.30 at the Crown Plaza. You can find out how to register there for free. That's always a very uh, insightful uh, workshop about where the economy's going, John. We talk about it on the fastest four minutes in investing, but we only get four minutes. That's going to that's gonna be the slower hour of talk of investing, I guess. We get to expand on some of the things we don't really have time to in that segment. Yeah, we, we will be uh, comparing our notes and, and really pulling a lot of information together about this in, in conjunction with our, our partners at LPL Research. So Outlook is always one of those uh, very well-attended workshops, and you'll want to go ahead and get that on your calendar July 26th, 630 at the Crown Plaza. All right, so talking about that pregame preparation for retirement, and we talked a little bit with Ryan Dietrich about preparing your portfolio for retirement, but it's more than just the portfolio. When you talk about expecting the unexpected in retirement, that's that's really the things that we don't want to talk about. We spent the last segment talking about the, hey, let's talk about retiring early. Maybe you're thinking about retiring early. Maybe you're getting your income plan together. It's exciting to think about the great times that you'll have after you make work optional. 
but there are some risks that you need to be keenly aware of as you get ready to build that plan. And that, I think, goes back to the help of a financial advisor being able to prepare a plan that expects those unexpected things, John. Well, I think that the let's first use a, a psychology term for a moment, uh, and that is recency bias. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have been in a bull market since March 9th of 2009. We've really not had a tremendous scare in the market since the Great Recession. And so we can lull ourselves into a false sense of security, I think, by thinking about, well, you know, the markets, the economy is doing well, and that's just going to kind of continue. And so, Tim, that is a dangerous place to be, especially when you think about the fact that we are at this almost this perfect storm of the end, uh, relatively close end of a bull market, plus a rising interest rate environment in the bond market. So stocks and bonds. The traditional investments of retirement are things that now are have a, a somewhat, let's call it an uncertain future going forward. Absolutely. You're, you're dead on on that because there's so much uncertainty going forward. And, you know, the last nine years have been a pretty nice up market for us. And, and we can definitely expect that to, well, prepare for that to happen. But in the next year or two, we expect the market to take a correction. And at some point in time, we know it's going to happen because every chart we ever look at, it goes up and then it drops. It goes up and then it drops. And so we're going to see that drop at some point. If you retire at the wrong time, that market is going to hurt your nest egg. Also, a lot of the people over the last 30 years have gone to bonds, and that's been a fairly safe investment as interest rates have gone down, the bond prices have gone up, and they've been able to live off the income and see their bonds appreciate. But again, now we're getting ready. The Fed's going to probably be raising rates again another couple of times this year. And so we're going to steadily see those bond prices go down with the interest rates going up. Well, Scott, Scott, as, as financial advisors, we're not really supposed to talk about inside information. But I'm going to give some inside information here because uh, it's not inside information on a company, but it's inside information in our industry. Uh, Investment News is uh, one of the preeminent uh, trade publications uh, for investment advisors. It basically is kind of like the the daily Wall Street Journal, but it's actually all focused on our industry. But they uh, on on May 7th, they published a special report in, in Investment News, and I've kept this around because. I think it's something that we just have to constantly talk about. The title of this special report is Sinking at Retirement. The subheading says, Market performance in the first few years of retirement determines financial security throughout one's golden years. Here's why people retiring today could find themselves underwater. Mm. And Troy, that's the that's the thing that we are really kind of uh, sounding the alarm about right now, not to be alarmist, but we are wanting to say, hey, look, Look, we're in a situation that we've not been in in a long, long, long time. No one alive has been in at the end of a bull market in a big rising interest rate environment. Uh, and, and so that is a danger zone that we see that people are going to need to have their mind right to prepare for. Yeah, and we want to be clear. We're not saying to panic. What we're saying to is to do is to plan. And that's, that's very important right now because you need to make sure that your retirement plan is going to weather the storm even in a even in a downturn in a market. Mm-hmm. Because even if we weren't at the highest point in the market right now and things were just now heating up, if you're planning to have a 30-year retirement, you can almost guarantee that at some point everyone's going to go through a bad time in the market during their retirement. Well, we're talking about the retirement red zone. If you're five years out from retirement, let's say, you're in that retirement red zone. When you're moving from accumulation into distribution of your assets, It's a whole new game. The play calling must be different. And when you talk about the environment we're in, it's even more critically so. So if you're, as we talked about earlier in the show, most of the people that we visit with have the majority of their wealth in those employer uh, retirement plans or those employer-sponsored qualified plans. As you transition out of your work life and into retirement, what does your portfolio look like? Well, I can't tell you guys how many times I've seen people come in with the target date funds. That's what's in. It's in the target date portfolio, and it's naturally moving it more towards fixed income into more of a 60-40 traditional 60% equity, 40% fixed income portfolio. And as you talk about this perfect storm, John, we're talking about in the past when you could have some pretty good yields on bonds, 
and interest rates were not in the rising environment they were in now, that may have been a pretty good thing. In fact, that 4% withdrawal rate we've talked about before, just put it in a 60-40 split and withdraw 4% a year and you'll be okay, might have been okay 25 years ago. But the unfortunate thing is it's not now and nobody's talking about how it should look different. Yeah, and that is a, a major problem. But let me layer another uh, layer of trepidation on this just to, to, to kind of take it to its I thought full. this was supposed to be a pep talk. <laughs> well, it, it yeah. is, but it's, yes. it's like, hey, you better uh, understand that big linebacker that's on the other side <laughs> yeah. of the line if you're running through the line. Right. So, so here it is, inflation. Yeah. We uh, talk about recency bias. We've had almost zero inflation to speak of in our country. Now, pockets of it have been, you know, uh, here and there, and we've seen some things go up, but we've also seen the prices of a lot of things go down through the advent of technology. But inflation is one of those things that we've got to be leery of. We were talking about wage inflation on the fastest four minutes in investing earlier in the show. And so inflation is one of those things that can creep up and bite you. And just even at the low inflation levels, if you think about it, you're going to need more money in the future than you do right now. So you can't put yourself on a fixed income in retirement. And most pensions and Social Security basically is fixed because Social Security, even though it gets a uh, an increase in and for the cost of living, that oftentimes gets eaten away by the increased cost of Medicare uh, premiums. And so you've got that uh, situation going on. And then you have rising prices. If we have abnormally rising prices, if our inflation rate goes, let's say from 2% to 4%, when you start playing with these numbers and you you throw a 4% inflation rate in there, your income has got to go up. You've got to have more income as time goes on. Yeah, that can really you know impact your plan quite a bit. What we do is use our time segmented strategy uh, for retirement income to give you raises throughout retirement. So every five or so years, we want to plan on you increasing your income so that you can keep up with that inflation. Think about a retirement being 25 years, maybe even 30 years long. And you're living on your income, right? Just like you did when you earned a paycheck. Would you work at a job for 25 to 30 years without getting a raise? No, nobody would do that. So you wouldn't want to do that in retirement either. You've got to be able to keep up with inflation. And the income for life model, what Troy was talking about there, prepares your assets to give you raises in income. It's all about income. How you position those assets always comes back to what you're getting on a monthly basis. So let's let's make sure that that everyone understands the income for life model and what it is and what it isn't. No strategy is going to absolutely assure success. Uh, nobody can walk in and sit down and tell you, okay, I've got the 100% lock solid guarantee for all of these risks that we've talked about. So you've got to just do the best that you can. And so what the income for life model does is it establishes a floor of income. Along with your social security and your pension, you've got got uh, some other type of asset that you're utilizing to produce a guaranteed level of income tend to meet those guaranteed expenses that you know are going to come down the pike. Oh, absolutely. Dave Ramsey calls it the house. It's the the clothing, the transportation, your your house and your food. And that's those things are have to be guaranteed to to make those payments because you're going to have that every single month. Plus, we also throw in their insurance, cell phones, some other things like that. And so we know we're going to have those expenses. So we want that strong foundation so that we know we have income coming in every month to make those payments on those bills. And then layered on top of that is, uh, as Troy rem- remarked about the the segmented income approach where we're allocating money to different investment segments and time segmentation. So the Income for Life model does a great job of that. And that's where the inflation adjustments come from. And then the magic, I think, Scott, is the, the backstop, if you will. It's that investment segment of the Income for Life model that says, look, we're going to put some money here and we're just going to let it grow and we may need to utilize that in the future for long-term care expenses or whatever the case may be but we'll have a bucket of money out there to deal with whatever life may deal with you are you retiring soon are you in the retirement red zone could you be retiring into the perfect storm so vital to build a plan to prepare for it and if you'd like to take that first step a genwell financial advisor is ready to help 501-653-7355-501-653-7355 7355 or email us at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. We're out of time on this week's Get Ready for the Future show. We thank you for being with us and we hope you'll join us again next Saturday morning. 
The Genwell Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Genwell Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. Genwell Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Thank you.